Welcome to another episode of A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, where I'll be digging through my vinyl collection of about 500 records and my tiny brain of about 500 remaining brain cells and taking a light-hearted, laid-back, positive fanboy's look at my favourite songs and bits of songs and artists that fall within a different, pointless and set theme every episode. It really is just an attempt to archive some great YouTube content, stories and some great songs for like-minded rock music fans. Choosing from any song part or artist that has given me joy as a listener or a slight Norwegian wood as a musician. It won't be a countdown, but I will leave my favourite choice for last. This is just a bit of chilled, unnecessary fun that hopefully inspires someone to buy music, listen to an old favourite album, support a musician and check out some of this amazing shit that has formed the soundtrack of my life. As a lot of people these days do like to share their opinions, please let me know if you think that I have missed anything in my record collection that I know and that I like by sending me an email at I won't ever check this email address at gofuckyourself.cockgoblin.com. That's cock spelt with a K. And I'll get back to you as soon as I give a shit. But seriously, if you do want to say hi, you can hit me on Instagram and Facebook, A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole Podcast, or via the website, arockandrollrabbithole.com. The website also has Spotify playlists of all of the songs used in each episode, past episodes, and some other golden magic. I've also put some small playlists of the great, lesser-known artists that I feature at the end of each episode on the Victims tab of the website. Please subscribe to the podcast, share, rate, and review the podcast if you're digging it. That is super helpful and appreciated. Thanks again, and here goes. The toe bone connected to the heel bone. The heel bone connected to the foot bone. The foot bone connected to the ankle bone. It's easy to connect those. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And before we get into it, I just want to thank the following legends for some nice vibes or for some music recommendations this past week. Kathy Hinch, Dave Brick, Ross Hetherington, Nathan Hunt, and it's a pleasure having his old man Brian Hunt listen to the bass episode. Brian Hunt is legendary Oz Rocker Cole Joy's bass player, and I bet he has some great stories and some great gear. Welcome, Brian. Glenjamin Turtle Howard, Scott Hughes, Scott Hughes, and also Scott Hughes, Rob Dean Sex Machine, Steve Schenk, Damo Forks, Dan Signo, Chris Dash. I hope your week got a bit better, brother. Scott Hughes and Mark Eberline. This is another two-part episode and it's a weird one, a little bit Jeffrey Dahmery. I'm going to construct a weird human being using body parts mentioned in the lyrics of songs that I love. Episode 22, Body Parts, Part 1. I'm going to start way down the other end of the body with a guy I don't listen to too much when I'm at home, but I really enjoy listening to when I'm travelling overseas. And here's Jack Johnson explaining the difference between surface foot and heroin use. There's one love song I got called uh, Bubble Toes, just kind of a goofy little love song. And there's a part where I talk about, uh, talk about, she was my girlfriend at the time, her, uh, her feet, I say tar ball, she had tar balls and scars on her feet. Because in Santa Barbara, where we were living at the time, when you walk on the beach, there's little pieces of tar and they get on your feet. And, uh, and scar, she had a couple of little scars. So all I meant by it was that she had these tar balls. But then later I find out that tar balls, I guess, is when you mix heroin and speed. 
and then when you put together the scars, you know, like people talk about scars for shooting up. So all of a sudden I started getting people, I mean, not all the time, but I've had a number of times people say like, so your wife was like into, you know, heroin for a little while or tar balls or whatever. And uh, so just thinking about how people can get different meaning out of things, that's about the furthest uh, from my intentions that a song has ever went. It's as simple as something that nobody knows it Her eyes are as big as a bubble it toes On the feet of a queen of the hearts of the cards And her feet are all covered with tall balls and scars It's a common as something that nobody knows it Her beauty will follow wherever she goes Up the hill in the back of a house in the wood She loved me forever, I know she could I remember when You and me mm, How we used to be Just good friends Wouldn't give me none But all I wanted Was some She can think of a single one that can justify leaving He got none but he thinks he got so many problems And he got too much time to waste His dreams are like commercials But her dreams are picture perfect And her dreams are so related Though they're often under And a couple of more toes from Tenacious D Something down by your feet. It's me, it's JB. I'm sucking on your toes. We don't mind sucking on toes. Good luck finding a boyfriend who sucks toes. Toes are obviously connected to the feet, and the best song, in my opinion, about feet is Crowded Houses Fall at Your Feet. I'm really close tonight, and I feel like I'm moving inside her. also mentions a finger, which we will cover next week. And I almost wanted to save it for then, but then I heard this monstrosity and my finger dig was soiled. There's a man there you know He's the host of the show And you'll find that he fucking hates choirs Let's move on. So we'll give one foot to Crowded House and we'll give the second foot to Marcus King. Track one of his latest album, El Dorado, drops a dirty feet mention in the first verse of Young Man's Dream. This is a tune 
that we wrote with uh, Pat McLaughlin. It's one of the first songs that we wrote for the record here at Easy Eye, and um, it's just kind of a coming-of-age story, and I think everybody's on their, on their own journey, and this one kind of talks a little bit about mine. It's a song called Young Man's Dream. Back of the feet now to the heel. And here's the lads from Tears for Fears talking about their great song, Head Over Heels. Enjoying songs in the big chair was Chris like making us listen to a lot of more American records right then, I think. Was that Little Feet then we were listening to, even no, that, though it was, that was, that was later. before Seeds of Love? But well, I mean, we were... Chris is like such a muse. Chris used the producer of the record, um, had such an extensive record collection and is such a... Um, avid collector that he would be constantly introducing us to stuff that we weren't really familiar with um, and, and, and trying to broaden our horizons as to what we listened to. We, we were also, you know, sort of losing a little bit of our sort of shoegazing uh, early 80s electronic edge and we were actually starting to listen to, believe it or not, um, uh, Bruce Springsteen, born, born in the USA, and the, be, just becoming acutely aware of huge-sounding records. There was also uh, Trevor Horn, who was just kicking everyone's backside. Um, you know, with, with the sonic qualities of stuff of the Fairlight, so we were like, okay, we got to do something. Um, this next song is called Head Over Heels.
So the other heel can go to Doc Halibut with my favourite song from 2020's long, long lockdown. Check out the Victims tab on the website, arockandrollrabbithole.com, for some choice Doc Halibut tunes. I think they're in episode 2 and 18. And here's their question mark missing, heads, back, heart, heel mumbled nugget, what is it that I want, by Doc Halibut. Check out the Golden Magic tab on the website for an ISO performance from 2020 of Doc Halibut playing the song, What Is It That I Want, by Doc Halibut. Everyone's got weaknesses, oh I know that I got a mind. How is it that I couldn't bleed? I can tell you, darling, and I promise you over time that I won't aim my arrows at your Maybe the rugged track, maybe the perfect storm. I could be the rat on your back, or the best dress you ever wore. Yeah, I can tell you, honey, that I'm willing to give it a shot. But you say everything that you give me is everything that you got. Take my hand, draw a line in the sand. song that mentions the foot, the head and the eye, but I have added it for its ankle mention. And the song is Kitty by the President of the United States of America. These guys were a little bit of nice fresh air in the seriousness of all the 90s bands. Also some nice cowbell and F-bomb action. And I actually really like this album. Kitty by the Presidents. He's circling around my ankle He's circling around my ankle He needs some petting and loving on tide Hey kitty, won't you come inside? Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it Kitty, I'm a foot and I wanna touch it a pussy burning, looking so satisfied. A pussy burning, looking so satisfied. I'm lost in his little yellow round eye. Lost in his little yellow round eye. Pussy burning, looking so satisfied. Get it up and scratch me through my jeans. Get it up and scratch me through my jeans. Fuck you, kitty, y'all gonna spend the night. Fuck you, kitty, y'all gonna spend the night. Fuck you, kitty, y'all gonna spend the night. Outside, kitty, I'm put in a Kitty at my foot and I won't touch it. A kitty at my foot and I won't touch it. A kitty at my foot and I won't touch it. 
might do a double time outro episode. On to the legs now with a song that has some of the harshest and cattiest lyrics ever. And here's the band talking about it. Immediately prior to Night at the Opera, we, we were really going through a difficult period. We'd had a very successful album this year, Heart Attack. We thought it was, you know, we thought it was a very good album. It had done very well. We'd had a major worldwide hit with Killer Queen. And we were broke. And, um, and we wanted to know why. But with Freddie, there was a lot of anger there. He was very aggrieved at our management at the time, who he felt didn't respect him, hadn't paid him, uh, had stolen from him, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, and, and he wanted to put it down on record. My blood like a leech You break the law and you breach My brain till it hurts Taking all my money And you want more Musically it's great too, the riff is great Of course I didn't invent the riff, this is Freddie's riff because it was done on piano first but it's, it works great on guitar This um... I think even we were a bit taken aback with the um, with how vicious Freddie wanted it to be. I remember thinking, oh, um, <laughs> but uh, it was what Freddie wanted, you know. And the, the kind of unwritten law was that the the author of the song got his own way. Sometimes you just disagree, and in the end, what does happen is the writer is is the boss of because uh, he can say in the end, look, this is the way I want the song, and and this is the way I'm going to have it. Dog with disease, you're the king of the sleaze. Put your money where your mouth is, Mr. No. What's the fin on your back? Part of the deal. Shock. We agreed that we would go with John Reed as our manager. And John Reed's plan, you know, because we said, you know, how do we get out of this? His plan was, okay, boys, I will deal with the financial situation. You guys go back in the studio and make the best album you've ever made. I think maybe we were subconsciously influenced by the Beatles albums, I think, really. Um, especially the later ones, like, you know, like Rubber Soul, Revolver, and, uh, Abbey Road. They were, they were very eclectic uh, albums. The song could have featured on episode one's building intros and also on episode 20, Songs with Brackets, because it's actually listed as Death on Two Legs and in brackets, dedicated to Queen, Death on Two Legs. Dedicated to...
Two Legs also mentions an ass. My ass. Yes, it's your ass, Freddie. But I have a very special double ass mentioning song for that later, so we won't be needing your ass, Farouk. Okay. So the other leg we'll give to Midnight Oil. Their 1982 album, 10 to 1, only made it to number three on the Australian charts, but stayed in the top 44, catch this, 171 weeks, which is nearly 1,200 days. Anyway, here's Tin Legs and Tin Minds with some great upright bass work from Peter Gifford and it asks the still relevant question of who's running the world today. I'm gonna wait till I reach for the sky Halfway up the leg are the knees. Arctic monkeys, knee socks. You got the lights on in the afternoon And the nights are drawn out long And you're kissing to cut through the gloom the cough drop colored tongue And you were sitting in the corner With the coats all piled high When I thought you might be mine In a small world on an exceptionally rainy Tuesday night In the right place and time need another knee, so here's Marcus King's mama's knee from The Well. I was 
just a young ambassador on my mama knee. She said there's only one thing to set your soul free. Wasn't no easy street where I come from. There wasn't no sleep until the work was done. So for the hips, I'm going to use a very famous hip song, but I find it hard to love this song after seeing it in American Psycho. You like Huey Lewis on the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Alan. Yes, Alan? Why are there copies of the style section all over the place? Do you, do you have a dog? A little chow or something? <laughs> no, Alan. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this. Their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! YouTube that scene or not? Maybe not. Two ACDC songs now to get us from the thighs up to the balls. Here's Brian Johnson talking about how long he had to write You Shook Me All Night Long, ACDC's thigh mentioning classic. Well, it was as quick as it had to be, um, it, which was that night. Um, now, uh, I, had to, I guess I had to try to impress somebody sure. else. You just <laughs> you got know, the biggest gig in rock and roll, yeah. Well, it paid for me uh, airline ticket to get to the Bahamas. And uh, now it was just a thing that came at the time. I still think it's one of the greatest uh, rock and roll riffs I've ever heard in my life. And, um, and it was kind of easy. You know, uh, to well, so what, how does that work then? What you wake up in the morning, or you're, you're sat on the plane, you start to you know write the first line, which I think is a reference to a car or something, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, it was just she was a fast machine. She kept that motor clean, and that was the first thing that came to my head. But the boys had the title, you know. Yeah. Malcolm and Angus said, "Hey, listen, got a song. Uh, it's called Shook Me All Night Long.' You know, and uh, that's what we want the song to be called, and." Uh, and, and if you listen to the chords on there, it, it was, you know, you shook me all night long. It just yeah. fell in anyway, so I can't claim anything credit on that thing. Uh, but the rest was just the fill, you know, the verses and, uh, and stuff. And, and it all worked out smashing, you know.
The next ACDC song not only delivers us the balls, but they are dirty big balls. ACDC, big balls. Some balls are held for charity and some for fancy dress. But when they're held for pleasure, they're the balls that I like best. My balls are always bouncing to the left and to the right. It's my belief that my big ball should be held every night. Oh, we've got big balls. We've got big balls. We've got big balls. Dirty big balls. He's got big balls. She's got big balls. But we've got the biggest balls of the world. Oh, we got big balls. We got big balls. And then just itching to tell you about them. Here's some testicle-related outtakes from Eastbound and Down. <laughs> really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen with a light blue hue to them, fresh and juicy, ready for the picking. All the school children are lining up to put them in the sack lunches. Hey! That plum looks good. Can I trade it for your Twinkie? No, these are my plums. I want to bite into that plum and let the juice spill down my chin. You know what I mean? All the while, everyone's saying, I want the juice to spill down. <laughs> okay, okay. If I recall correctly, if I recall correctly, my plums, beautiful bluish hue. The sun just dancing right off of them, just nice. Getting ready to take them to market. <laughs> I can feel it down in my plums. <laughs> I can feel it down in my plums. They're getting a nice bluish hue. Getting ready to take them to the farmer's market. Special two plums for one. <laughs> I can feel it down in my plums. I can feel the tension in the air. <laughs> so here's a few random mentions from the nether regions. Derriere and pubic hair from Tenacious D's Karate. Motherfucker, I'm gonna kick your fucking dairy air, yeah, yeah. You broke the rules, now I pull out all your pubic hair. You motherfucker. You motherfucker. Kyle betrayed me and then he lied. Tenacious D again for the cock, Beazle Boss, bracket, the final showdown bracket, featuring Dave Grohl.
us one chance to- And if there's any kids listening, here's a clean version. Tenacious D in case we need a spare one. My father thinks you're evil, but man, he can suck a cock. So that's the boys covered, and one song above all covers the ladies' department located in the basement, and that's the Bloodhound Gang's hilarious and hard to rhyme with vagina song. I can count three terms for it in the first verse of a song that sounds a little bit like the Smashing Pumpkins today. Vagina song by the Bloodhound Gang. delivering the female genitalia, and this is Frank Zappa's Jewish Princess with a PP. Frank, you once wrote a song called Jewish Princess, which resulted in a lot of unpleasantness being directed towards you by various Jewish organizations. Was it all worth it? It's a fine song, and if you're a Jewish princess and you haven't heard it yet, it's on the Shake Your Booty album. You go out there and listen to it, and remember that until somebody writes a song about you, you don't exist. And I wrote a song about Jewish princesses, and I provided certification for the whole bunch of you. It's got all of your stuff in there. It tells about what you do with your zits, what you do with your nose, what you do with every part of your body. I care. I wrote a song about you. And what do I get for my trouble? The ADL jumps up and down. Ungrateful wretches. I want a darling little Jewish princess who don't know shit about cooking and is arrogant looking. A vicious little Jewish princess. Specifically happen with a pee-pee that's snapping All up inside I just want a princess to ride 
All right, back to the top. Frank also has an amusing way of, of delivering us a butthole in Jewish princess. Just before we move away from the ladies, Nirvana have a royal broken hymen in heart-shaped box. Going to use another one of Frank's songs for the arsehole. This song could have been in episode 7's Cowbells from Hell and episode 6's F Bomb Spectacular. It could have also been in episode 5's Drugs. You sniff the reeking buns of angels. It's a minute bread buffer. And acted like it was cocaine. You were dazzled by the exciting new costume of Coco. And then on Tuesday night, Caesar's back in town. And also episode three's counting. One, two, three, four! The whisker sticking out from underneath of his pancake makeup. He was a beautiful lady. Broken Hearts are for Arseholes also mentions buns, chest, back, wrist, whiskers, fist, bottom, and of course, heart. Broken Hearts are for Arseholes. Broken hearts of assholes. Broken hearts of assholes. What you gonna do? Cause you're an asshole. Maybe you think you're a lonely guy. And maybe you think you're too tough to cry. So you went to the grape just to give it a try. Dagmar. Well, I doubt the ugliest son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life was his name. One, two, three, four! The whisker sticking out from underneath of his pancake makeup. He was a beautiful lady. Nearly drove you insane. Let's talk about leather. And so you kissed the little sailor. Tex Abel starring in the latest Shepard production. Sir Richard Pumpelo. You sniff the reeking buns of angels. The tale of a demented bread boffer. And acted like it was cocaine. whole wheat loaf. You were dazzled by the exciting new costume of Coco. Then on Tuesday night, Caesar's back in town. In a way you can't explain. Facing off the Holtz Bar tag team and grudge so match you with work along with Michael. 179 pounds of Samoan dynamite. Volcanic hell. But you came back on Sunday for the gong show. Thursday, two times But you forgot what I was saying. Cause you're an asshole, you're an asshole, that's right. You're an asshole, you're an asshole, yes, yes, you're an asshole, you're an asshole, that's right, you're an asshole, you're an asshole. You say you can't live with what you've been through. 
Well, ladies, you can be an asshole, too. You might pretend you ain't got one on the bottom of you. But don't fool yourself, girl. It's looking at you. Don't fool yourself, girl. It's winking at you. Don't fool yourself, girl. It's blinking at you. That's why I say I'm gonna ram it, ram it, ram it, ram it up your poop shoe. Cornhole. Ram it, ram it, ram it, ram it up your poop shoe. Fist fuck. Ram it, ram it, ram it, ram it up your poop shoe. Wristwatch. Crisco. Ram it, ram it, ram it, ram it up your poop shoe. Don't fool yourself, girl. It's going right up your poop shoe. Don't fool yourself, girl. It's going right up your poop shoe. Don't fool yourself, girl. It's going right up your poop shoe. Don't fool yourself, girl. It's going right up your poop shoe. This is drum god Vinnie Caliuda. Uh, was playing at, at this club <clears throat> in Venice, and it doesn't exist anymore. It was called the Comeback Inn, and I was playing with the Fowler Brothers, who are an exceptionally talented musical family. Absolutely. And as it turned out, you know, Tom, bass player, he, we're playing at this club, and he just turned to me and said, hey, I was talking to Dookie today, and he was talking, speaking of the late, great George Duke, yeah. and he, he said, he told me Zap's looking for a rhythm section. <laughs> Zap meant Frank Zappa. Absolutely. And I went, really? And I said, how can I find out about this? Uh, I'll give you the management's number. Okay. So I started calling them up. And it was like the typical go away kid. Who are you? Go away. I kept calling them. But somehow on one of the phone calls, they must have asked me for a phone number. So I gave them a phone number where I was staying. And at that time, and I'm dating myself now, we didn't, there were no answering machines. Right. <laughs> this is pre-answering machines. You know, wired landline. If you're yeah. home, great. If you're not, you're not you miss oh well. It. That's it. Yeah. So I happened to be home one day or at this place that I was crashing at, listening to the Zappa record. And I had my drum set up and I was playing, you know, and, the, and I heard the phone ring. And I went and picked it up. I went, hello? Yes, Mr. Zappa will hear you Tuesday night uh, at Culver City Studios. Show up at 7 o'clock, whatever. Click. I went, wow. I had to get a ride down there, I think. I showed up. It was a cattle call. Three lines, at least 150 deep on different instruments. And there I was in this huge soundstage that was like an airplane hangar. Yeah. And I stood in line, and, and, and I saw people go up there one after the other, and it was kind of brutal. Uh, one guy went up and started playing the guitar, and in 15 seconds, he got on the mic and said, next. Oh, man. And it was like, next, Tough. next, next. And so I'm getting closer to the front of the line, <laughs> and now I'm starting to sweat. And it was literally like, you know. And then I just went, okay, sink or swim. Here we go. Let's head indoors now through the freshly lubed Frank Zappa poop shoot. Let's start with the blood. I have mentioned Scottish songwriter Justin Curry a few times in different rabbit holes, and his band Delamitri have a great positive and bleak circular look at relationships that I love that mentions blood. I definitely recommend listening to the whole song. Check out the episode Spotify playlist on the website. The first rule of love, Delamitri. You'll get hooked, you'll get drugged She'll be your essence, she'll 
We needed blood transfusion. Here's Midnight Oil's rocking Blossom and Blood from their Species to Ceces EP. So the blood needs to travel in the veins and here's a song we featured way back in episode 4's Drugs, Giving Up by the Darkness. Next is a great Radiohead song that mentions brains and the thumb. I really love the heavy section in this song, but it's in the episode for the lungs, My Iron Lung by Radiohead.
quick use of a Radiohead song, Bones, but this song also mentions wrist, back, shoulders, neck and hands. Bones by Radiohead. We're going to need some muscles, so here's the heart being mentioned as a muscle in Blackstick by The Cruel Sea. And here's a funny acceptance award speech from the 1994 Australian ARI Awards after winning Best Album. We read in the paper um, yesterday that uh, we're expected to clean up at these awards, so if you could help by stacking your chairs and um, picking up ashtrays or anything. a muscle and it pumps blood like a big old black steam train my veins are the tracks in the city is my brain my stomach is the ocean and it swallows up the sun at the end of the summer's day my breath's like a breeze it blows all those fine clouds For obvious songwriting reasons, there are so many more songs about hearts. And here's what the inside of my brain sounds like when I'm researching an episode with just some of my options for a heart song. Chemical 
of your life and six hours of my life we shall never receive back apologies but i have gone for this absolutely heartbreaking positive gem by neil young heart of gold ACDC again for some guts. also be called stomach and here's sound engineer Peggy McCreary talking about Prince's stomach mentioning when doves cry but it, mostly for 1999 it would just be you two in yeah. here and then when it's in purple rain sessions whether you said there'd be additional people but is that only on Fridays sometimes kinda? sometimes there would be people and then sometimes there, there wouldn't be you know like we cut when doves cry just the two of us mm. that was the longest Longest days. I mean, I, I think Dwayne showed me the Three work days. orders. It was like, <laughs> Just <laughs> 70 well, while, you're, yeah. while you're on the subject of when doves cry, why doesn't it have a bass? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I remember 
just, I, you know, he said he, uh, he usually started with a drum track and he did with that one. And then he started building and then it was like, okay, he's, he's fine on his own. I think, you know, so it got big, it got so big. And when, so when there's too much input for me, I just kind of shut down. And I remember kind of shutting down on that that song because it just seemed like a wank, you know, just like, oh, my God, here we go, that raging guitar and the raging synths and everything. It seemed so overproduced to me. Mm-hmm. And then I remember as the night went on, it was the last night we were mixing it, as the night went on, things started coming out. And... Oh, he's pulling them out. He kind of unproduced it, if you can possibly do that. And then the last thing he did is he punched that bass out and he smiled at me and he said, ain't nobody going to believe I do this. And he did. (laughs) And that's what, and you know what's interesting is I forgot this until Suzanne Edgren, after he passed, Suzanne Edgren called me and she said, do you remember it was 7.30 in the morning and you were just finishing up? And you grabbed me and said, come listen to this. This is amazing. And it was When Doves Cry. And she was in here at 7.30 in the morning? Yeah. Wow. And I was just, he, we were finished and he, had, he was, you know, I was cleaning up for the night. And she said, do you Long remember night. you let me listen to that? Yeah. So, so the other thing that's really interesting about that track is that guitar sound that he did on there has octave divider. And he's playing in a style that, in some ways, is not that far from Van Halen at, right. at moments, you know. Right. So, do you know if, if he had any run-ins? Did they ever meet Edward here at Sunset Sound? I think Prince. It really bothered him too that he was underestimated as a guitar player, and I thought he was an amazing guitar player. Yeah, but he, he really was, was really underestimated as a guitar player. He could mm. pick up any piece of shit and make it sound good. I mean, he really could. Yeah, he definitely was a great musician overall and, and played guitar really well. That particular song is different than his other guitar playing, though. He definitely was... Really for, rock and roll on yeah, that one. Yeah, for some reason, he went over overboard with that one in a good way. I know. Uh, but do, do you know what inspired that at all? Well, and I think, too, that that's when... You know, there was conflict with the synthesizers, the wall of synthesizers and everything. It was just all too big. And, you know, so he started taking stuff out. And then you have that. I mean, even my sister loved When Doves Cry. I mean, it was a very unique song. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I just, it was it was nice to watch that process because usually he underproduced stuff. You know, it was very sparse, Yeah, the things that we did. You know, I mean, there wasn't that much on it, but that one, yeah. This is what it sounds like. 
Let's head back outside and above the belt for a bit of fresh air. The back. A lot of songs mention back as an adverb, back in black for example, but the great 1978 tune Beast of Burden by the Stones mentions the back. Let's quickly have a listen to the first draft of this track, which was sung by Mick in his 70s falsetto, but that was abandoned and he just sung it higher up his normal register. Check it out here. of Burden, The Rolling Stones. In episode 11 and 12, Bird Songs and Artists, I used a Justin Curry song, of which the first word is Crows. This album was strapped to my head in 2010. A song we will get our chest from, and it's called At Home Inside of Me by Justin Curry. Armies of children and ghosts of suffragettes Make merry in the cauldron of my chest Bodies dumped in ditches and stowed 
tells a home inside of me Keith Richards asking nicely to see some breasts in This Place Is Empty, taken from the last proper Rolling Stones record, 2005's A Bigger Bang. I actually really love this record. It may be a few songs too long at 16 tracks, but there really is some great stuff on there. This Place Is Empty, The Rolling Stones. Come on. Bear your breasts and make me And we don't want to be alone It's funny how things go around But go around they do This place is empty I might as well pop in some more breasts as I'm a huge fan. And here's Rod Stewart calling the bosoms. The big bosom lady with a Dutch accent who tried to change my... It's really just a kind of piano piece, you know, it's like a bluesy piano thing. And um, the idea came from a sort of Madonna and child that you, that you see. This was, it was to be a song about mothers bringing up kids, kind of a tribute, you know, how do they do it? I mean, really, how do they do it, you know? Um, and that was the idea, you know, that's, that's what the lyric says, you know, Lady Madonna, baby at your breast, wonder how you managed to feed the rest, you know? How do you put it together when all these various things are happening? Uh, a funny thing I noticed recently is, it, in the lyrics it has every day of the week, except Saturday. For some reason, Saturday vanishes. I guess it must have been a party night. Because if you listen to it, it goes, Friday night arrived without a suitcase. Sunday morning, creeping like a nun. So, I mean, it must have been a real good Saturday, I figured, if he's just creeping around like a nun. Um, I'd never noticed that till we came to rehearse it. You know, this is the thing about relearning these songs. Suddenly realized I left one day out. That was Paul McCartney with some breasts. And Frank Zappa in Jewish Princess from earlier calling them tits. Next up is The Shoulder with a song that is possibly my all-time favourite song for a bunch of reasons. I've actually seen Paul McCartney five times, once in Nashville, once in Tokyo, twice in Melbourne and once in Sydney. And Hey Jude was definitely a joyous and spiritual highlight every time, including the end sing-along. Sort of joined the choir. 
This song probably should be my favourite for this topic. I know it will feature as my favourite elsewhere in another episode, and I've saved the favourite spot for another shoulder-mentioning song. Here's Paul McCartney talking about the song and a parrot. I was driving out to John's house after John and Cynthia had got divorced, and I was just going out to say hello to Cynthia and Julian. And I started coming up with these words. In my own mind, it was, I was kind of talking to Julian. Hey, Jules, don't take it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. You know, be all right. So I kind of got the first sort of idea on the way out there with this Hey, Jules, as I thought it was going to be called. It seemed a little bit of a mouthful, so um, I changed it to Jude. And then I liked the song a lot, and I... I played it to John and Yoko when I'd finished it all. Uh, or I, I actually had finished, but I thought there was a little more to go because there was just one bit of the words, which was the movement you'll need, the movement you need is on your shoulder. And I'm playing it and I just looked at John and said, I'll fix that, I'll fix that. He said, what? I said, well, you know, the movement you need is on your shoulder. I, I, I've used the word shoulder once. And it, anyway, it's a stupid expression. It sounds like a parrot, you know, well, I'll change that. He said, you won't, you know. He said, that's the best line in the song, you know. What? He said, I know what it means. The movement you need is on your shoulder. It's great. It's kind of... So that was the great thing about John, you know, whereas I would definitely knock that line out. He said, it's great. I see it through his eyes and go, oh, OK. So that is the sort of line now when I do that song. That's the line when I think of John, you know. Here's John Lennon's take on the song. Hey, Jude, is Paul's. It's one of his masterpieces. I don't think I had anything to do with it. Ask him. I don't feel as though I had anything to do with it. Revolution. He said it was written about Julian, my child, because he knew I was splitting with Sin and leaving Julian there. So he was oh. told, I'm driving towards to, to visit me or Julian. I think it was just to see Julian to sort of say hi to him, because he'd been like an uncle. You know, he was always good with kids. And he'd come up with, hey, Julian. But I always heard it as a song to me. If you think about it, Yoko's just come into the picture. He's saying, hey, Jude, hey, John. I mean, so I'm trying to have one of those fans that's writing things into it, but you can work, you can hear it as a song to me. Although it's also a song about him and Franny Schwartz at the time, too. Uh-huh. Uh, but you hear the lines that chip on your shoulder and all those things. I always took personally because I was the one with the chip on the shoulder. And go out and get her, you know, and forget everything else. And t- so subconsciously, I take it that he was saying, go ahead. Right. On a conscious level, he didn't want me to go ahead. Subconsciously, he, he, the angel in him I was see. saying, bless you. Yeah. The devil in him didn't like it at all because yeah. he didn't want to lose his partner. And here's Julian Lennon talking about the song. That Paul McCartney, the Beatles song "Hey Jude," which was originally "Hey Jules," mm. was really about you. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, he did. He did. We actually, when I was uh, probably, uh, I think it was doing some promotional work on the on the the promotional circuit, shall I say? Uh, actually, in New York for the first album, and. We were both doing, the, Paul and I were both doing the same show, mm-hmm. uh, and it was at the Carlisle Hotel. Mm-hmm. I remember it quite clearly. There's a couple of pictures of us there. And I, I wanted to confirm it with him because, you know, I hadn't really spoken to him during my teens as such. So, and, he, you know, he just confirmed that that was the, the case and that was the song. And then, you know, I think I've heard that song more than any other human. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thank him for it, for it daily, but it's almost sent me to the loony bin. Believe it or not, Hey Jude actually features in episode 6, Fuck Festival of Fury. Check out that episode for the story. Hey Jude, The Beatles. I just want to make a quick comment here on another thing popping up way too much on YouTube and is starting to slightly annoy me. And don't worry, I won't be making another segment like my throw a choir in the fire negativity. But while rabbit hole digging on the next song, which is Nick Cave's beautiful and understated masterpiece, Into My Arms, I notice that there's sometimes actually more videos on YouTube of people reacting to the song and commenting on the technical side of the performance than there is at the performances themselves. I know I joke semi-seriously that if you have any opinions, please. One of the videos I saw is called Vocal Coach Reacts to Nick Cave Singing Into My Arms. Analysis, posture, singing. I reluctantly watched nearly all 10 minutes of this poop. Thanks to the stupid lockdown Melbourne's in. What the fuck? I won't report on whether it was positive or negative, but please shut the fuck up. I would love to see her have that deep analytical chat with Nick Cave. Posture. Anyway, that's my opinion of someone else's opinion. So for the left arm, here's Nick Cave's Into My Arms. I don't believe in an interventionist God. But I know, darling, that you do But if I did I would kneel down and ask him 
not to touch a hair in your head Leave you as you are He felt he had to direct you And direct you into my arms Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms tribute to that YouTube vocal coach, I found this perfectly postured pile of pretentious poindexter poop. So for the other arm, I'm going to use the title track of an album that spent 14 weeks at the top of the UK charts, nine weeks atop the US charts, and catch this, 34 weeks at number one down here in Australia. It was one of the first digitally recorded records. It won Grammys, sold over 30 million copies, and is still in the top 20 best-selling rock albums of all time. The album was the first release to ever sell 1 million copies on CD, and also the first album to sell more copies on CD than vinyl and cassettes. Anyway, enough useless facts. Here's Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. These mist-covered mountains Are all now for me But my home is the lowlands Someday you return to your valleys and your farms, and you'll no longer burn to be brothers in arms. I know we only need two arms, but I can't leave this one out, so we're going to have a spare. The greatest arm song of all has to be These Arms of Mine, and here's great guitarist Steve Cropper talking about the song, and also a story about Donald Duck Dunn's bass and the death of Otis Redding, which we covered in episode 13 and 14's Dead by 40. The next morning we're cutting a B-side for These Arms of Mine. Because you knew. Well, Jim knew and I knew that that was a single. Yeah. That's a good song. So, you know, he, he goes up with the Barkays. They go to, I guess, Cleveland. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I look back on that I relate to, he did die young, 26 years old when he passed away. But think about how much stuff we recorded between 63 and 66. He was 26 years old. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even know. I knew, I, I knew Otis. Never had to, never had any private pictures taken with him. I'd hang out with him a little bit. We usually were writing all the time. 
I remember talking to Duck, and Duck was devastated. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I know you were, yeah. But the Barquets had barred Duck's base. Yeah. And it was in the plane that went down. And he said they called him, and they said, we've got your base. You know, they pulled it up. And Duck said, I was, I was just too... I was just too freaked out to, to even want it back. He said, I don't know, I don't know what happened to it. I don't, I don't know where it is. And then this was the year that we inducted you guys. Mm. He said, I wish I had it now, but he said at the time, Didn't it was, it was it, just yeah. too much to handle. These arms are That's the end of part one of my attempt to make a weird human being out of song lyrics. And we'll finish it all up in next week's episode with some good stories too. Please rate, subscribe, review and share the podcast if you're digging it. It's super helpful to spread the word. And follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole Podcast. And you can get me there if you just want to say hi. Check out the website, arockandrollrabbithole.com, for full Spotify playlist of all the songs used in past episodes. And I also have all the bonus episodes up there, including last week's Best Single Snare Hits episode, and also all the past episodes. To end the podcast, I like to add, when I can, a lesser-known artist's music that fits the episode's topic. And today is a great Melbourne singer and songwriter and all-around nice guy, Nicholas Roy with his face and heart mentioning Stomper, Into the Fire. Check out the Victims tab on the website to hear a playlist of Nick's music. And I hope you tune in next week to check out part two. Nicholas Roy, Into the Fire. Thanks so much again. See ya.